From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 99.1, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox. Pim out of the office this afternoon, fed in focus in this hour on Taking Stock. Will uncertainty over uh, the, a Brexit, the UK deciding to leave the European Union, could that slow the Fed's rate hiking hand this month? We've got a guest coming up who says it certainly should not. And the Bank of England has no business predicting that a Brexit will cause great harm to the UK economy. Now let's get to Charlie Pelt the newsroom with a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you, Kathleen. Right now we've got the S&P higher, NASDAQ as well, Dow Jones Industrial Average lower by two points, little change there. S&P up a point, a gain of 0.1%. NASDAQ higher by eight, a gain of two-tenths of 1%. The U.S. economy expanded at a modest pace across most of the country since mid-April, causing the labor market to tighten as employers continue adding jobs and nudging wages higher. We will have more on the Beige Book coming right up uh, here on Taking Stock. Matt Bosler covers the Federal Reserve for Bloomberg News. He was our guest minutes ago here on Taking Stock. One of the, the good things here is that um, you know throughout this report there's uh, language about how um, businesses are feeling generally optimistic about the outlook, which is good because um, you know in the minutes of the uh, April FOMC meeting that were just released a few weeks ago, there was a, a line in there about how um, most of policymakers' business contacts um, were, you know, delaying expenditures and sort of waiting for uncertainty around the outlook to, to resolve. And right now we do have the tenure up 230 seconds with a yield of 1.83%. Auto sales, hey, it is the first day of the new month. Auto sales softer than predicted in May. A bellwether month that may help the Federal Reserve decision uh, decision makers determine whether the economy can handle an interest rate increase this summer. GM Ford Toyota to all reporting sales that fell more than analysts had estimated. GM shares, they are down now by 3.3%. Ford shares down by 2.9%. Mixed picture for U.S. equities. S&P higher now by a point. The Dow is down six points. Gold down 340. The ounce a drop there of three-tenths of 1%. 232 on Wall Street. Now let's take a look at some of the other stories making news. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Ramey in Asensio. Searchers may have found a new clue in the hunt for Egypt Air Flight 804 that went down in the Mediterranean Sea last month. Here's Bloomberg's Michael Barr. A French Navy ship has picked up a ping that is likely coming from the all-important black boxes from an Egypt airplane that crashed May 19th. If it is indeed the flight recorders, it could be a major piece of the puzzle as to what happened to Egypt Air Flight 804. 
Egypt's Ministry of Civil Aviation says once the black boxes are located, a ship from Deep Ocean Search would join the effort in the Mediterranean to retrieve the data recorders. The Airbus A320 crashed while heading from Paris to Cairo, killing all 66 passengers and crew on board. Michael Barr, Bloomberg Radio. For your health, restaurants and food manufacturers are being asked to hold the salt. Health and Human Services Secretary Sylvia Matthews-Burwell on the new guidelines. In terms of what we're doing is creating a situation where the consumer's in control. If that consumer wants to add more sodium, they're going to be able to do it. What the consumer can't do now is take it out of the product and have real knowledge about it. Burwell also says 75% of the sodium that most people consume comes from either prepared or processed food. And a baby born in New Jersey has birth defects caused by the Zika virus. It's a first in the tri-state region and only the second time it's happened in the U.S. Hospital officials say the infant's 31-year-old mother is asking for privacy at Hackensack University Medical Center as the newborn receives care. The mother is from Honduras, where she may have contracted the virus. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Ramey Innocencio. Charlie. And we thank you. And again, recapping a mixed picture for U.S. equities, S&P 500 index higher by uh, less than half a point now. Little change. Dow Industrials down 12, a drop of 0.1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock, the Fed in Focus on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Kathleen Hayes, my co-host Pim Fox, out of the office this afternoon. We're going to take a look at Brexit now, in particular uh, warnings last month, stark warnings from the Bank of England that a vote to leave the European Union by the UK, the so-called Brexit, could slam the brakes on growth in that area, push up unemployment, stoke inflation and spook foreign investors. And the Federal Reserve, of course, has expressed some concern about not knowing the result of the June 23rd Brexit before it votes on U.S. monetary policy on June 15th. Joining us now is a guest who has slammed the Bank of England for making such statements, saying that it is cynically exploiting its authority. Ashoka Modi joins us now. He's a Bloomberg View contributor. He is also a visiting professor in international economic policy at the Woodrow Wilson School at Princeton University, and previously was deputy director in the IMF's research and European departments, and so much more. Professor Modi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. So what do you think would happen? Let's start there. Do you think that Brexit won't have much impact on the U.K. economy if that occurs? I, I think Brexit will have some impact. Uh, but how much impact it has will depend also a lot on how the, how the policymakers and the U.K. authorities behave. Uh, if, they, if they create a sense of panic, uh, then there will be panic. Uh, but if they behave calmly and they take it as a matter of course, uh, then I think it's a very manageable uh, process. Is uh, Go- Governor Carney, Mark Carney, the head of the Bank of England, is he wading into political waters? Is that implicitly what you're saying, that he's trying to uh, help the government in its position that Brexit should not occur? Well, what, what uh, Mr. Carney and the Bank of England have done are two things. First, they say that not only will Brexit cause problems, but it is already causing problems, that growth has slowed down, that investment has slowed down because of the fear of Brexit. 
The problem with that statement is that there is simply no evidence for that. Uh, the UK economy has slowed down, but we, we completely understand why it has slowed down. It has slowed down because, once again, austerity has been stepped up and the world economy is, is slow, world trade is barely growing, and that pretty much explains the slowdown of the, of the UK economy. So for him to add that there is a Brexit-related uncertainty set is just at completely ad hoc. But the more, more serious uh, problem uh, that the Bank of England has created is by saying that if there is Brexit, there will be panic, and in effect, civilization as we know it will come to an end. And I think that is completely irresponsible because they are creating a narrative which is likely to become self-fulfilling if they continue this way. A central bank's role, a central bank's role has to be to stop the panic, to stay calm and stop the panic. I think whether it was a political gesture or not, it was clearly unnecessary and ill-advised. You should have kept quiet, waited till a Brexit decision was taken, and then acted as a central bank should. I want to ask you, I want to switch gears just a bit, but uh, look at India, where the head of India's central bank, uh, Raghuram Rajan, who... Uh, is Indian by birth, uh, has lived and worked in the United States for many years, professor, uh, very well respected at the University of Chicago. He's been almost three years running the central bank in India. Many politicians now, or some anyway, saying he should leave. He hasn't cut rates enough. Today, he said, guess what? I don't want another term. When my three years are up, I'm leaving. Do you think India is heading in the right direction without Raghu Rajan? Well, look, there are two different things. One, uh, how uh, the political system has treated Raghu, and that's, that's completely abominable. Uh, yeah, there is, a, a, I think, a small group, in fact, maybe one politician who has been hounding him. And I think, I think if India wanted to keep Raghu, the prime minister should have been out there on the stump uh, telling his party folks to, to keep quiet and to go away. And, and because this is completely uncalled. But Raghu is, as you said, quite rightly, one of the most distinguished economists of his generation. And uh, India is fortunate that, you know, he, he feels it is part of his obligation to, to be a senior policymaker in, in, in India. Now, if Raghu leaves, you know, I, I don't believe that an individual makes or breaks an institution. And, you know, uh, there will be other people who will come and who will do a very fine job. But I hope very much for India's sake that he continues. You know, he has himself said that the task is not yet done. And I think he should stay and, and get the task done. All right. Ashoka Modi, thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, looking at the Bank of England saying there is no evidence that Brexit fears are slowing the economy. There's a lot of factors doing that. And as for India, a very fast-growing, important economy in the world now, maybe they should try to keep their current central bank chief. Ashoka Modi joining us from Princeton University. I'm Kathleen Hayes. This is Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio.
Fed in Focus brought to you by Willoughby's. Since 1898, New York City's boutique camera store for precision crafted Hasselblad and Leica cameras, plus a full selection of GoPro action and adventure cameras. Willoughby's at the corner of 5th Avenue and 31st Street. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.